All right, how's it going, everyone? I'm Mark. I'm Ian. And this is the Uncaped Crusaders Review. All right, welcome back to the show. Um, We're going to be back on the 1966 Adam West Batman TV show for this week. Going to be talking about the next four episodes, which are really two episodes. Um... Joker is wild, Batman is riled, and Instant Freeze, and Rats Like Cheese, which is by far my favorite title, probably, of any episode. The Rats Like Cheese? Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, That's pretty good. So we're going to talk about those episodes, a lot to get to there. And also we'll talk movie swap as well, as we both watched movies. But uh, to start off, Ian, we... uh, there's there's quite a bit of news going around with with stuff at the moment. Okay. No um, well, Joker passed a billion dollars. It I is the it. highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. It's which crazy. still I, I like I don't believe it. I feel I, I like know. the buzz for that movie has been so much less than like Deadpool or any of these others. So it's so I, weird. I think it really just also became like a social cause because I'm like. It's the complete opposite of what we're seeing lately, especially with like Terminator, Dark Fate, uh, sure. Charlie's Angels. But then also the fact that like it also represents like even though like we didn't love the movie, I'm glad it's successful because it's basically like the complete opposite of like the Disney Monopoly like family friendly movie where it's R rated, it wasn't released in China, and it still was like commercially successful unlike any other movie. So it's yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I agree that there's there's positives with this doing that well. Right. It still rubs me the wrong way that this film has been so successful because of how yeah, much like, I hate the film. But um, yeah, I, like I looked up today and it, the freaking thing has grossed more than the Dark Knight. I'm like, that's yes. disgusting. Yes. Again, I'm, I'm yes, happy it it's doing well because it, it, it hopefully will encourage studios to not just, you know, go the family friendly, you know, like fun for everybody type of movie but it's like the movie does not reflect like like how good it is with the box office granted lion king made god knows how yeah, much but yeah. you know what i mean but you know what's funny and i mean well i wanted to talk a little bit more about this later when we were talking about movies that we've watched but i since you mentioned it one thing does it does it bother you because it clearly doesn't bother most people but does it bother you that every "Quote unquote good movie has to be rated R nowadays. There are a lot, yeah. Like it's like it has to be rated R to be taken seriously, right? Yeah, and, and like movies can't even be PG anymore. Oh God, no! No, you never see those. That bugs me because I was huh? thinking about that because I watched I watched Twelve Angry Men for the first time yesterday. I saw, yeah. That's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It's on my watch list. I really want to see it. And, you know, it was from 1957. There's no cursing in the movie at all. And yep. not one part does it feel not, like, real. Yeah. Like, have, have screenwriters just, to, like, downgraded so far that it's impossible to write a believable script without it just having a ton of curse words in it? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Like, I mean, even going back to other mean. other old movies, I mean, Casablanca, there's no curse words in that. There you go. 
Wizard nope. of Oz, Citizen Kane, all these movies don't yep. have curse words other than, you know, hell, damn, or whatever. And, you know, and in even like even action movies, Star Wars has no curse words in it. The first six movies, like maybe two, like zero. Yep. And it, you don't, you know, you don't even think about it. Um, like Indiana Jones, those yep. are, those are all PG movies and they don't, they never think of, you don't think of them as kids movies or anything yep. like that. So it's just like, it's just weird that nowadays everything has to be, if it's like a family movie, PG 13 or, you know, an adult quote unquote movie or whatever, it has to be rated R. It's just yeah, weird. It's like, there's no in between. It's either like it's PG 13, good for the whole family, China friendly, or it's like, in order to be a really mature comic book movie, it has to be rated R. It's like, there's no in-between. It's like, ugh. The other weird thing is, like, when did PG-13 become the standard for quote-unquote family movies? Well, I, when I was I growing know. up, it wasn't. When I was growing no. up, it was still PG movies. Well, nowadays, parents don't parent. I mean, they give their well, kids that's true. those violent video games. Not that those cause anything, but it does, you know, Desensitize your kids. It's like, yeah, we're yeah. Now PG thirteen, people getting their heads cut off and stuff. People saying shit all the like, time. It's there's like, oh. nothing. There's no. There's like barely a difference between PG thirteen and R movies nowadays. Yeah, it's like one f bomb. It's like F-bomb. it's sec- sexuality, nudity, and then the amount of f bombs. That's yeah. basically it. I mean, I know there's a thing with violence, but it's not that far of a line of violence. No. Yeah, it's just weird. Like when I was like kids movies aren't G kids movies are PG like for little kids. That's so weird. Yeah. Kids movies were G growing up family kid kid family movies were PG. And you know, I mean, that's why it was even as far as when I was growing up like 15 years ago, you know, 20 years ago. It's weird. I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Um, yesterday after watching that, I was just like, why can't this type of movie be written anymore? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't mean anything. I was just thinking about it, but speaking of the Joker. Yeah. Aside from that. So now we get, Oh, Joker sequel. And then, Oh no, not Joker sequel. So who knows? Well, like, cause I mean, upon seeing the popularity, you know, that Warner brothers, yeah, wants nothing but a sequel. If not trilogy, the problem is, though, I know, yeah, Todd Phillips doesn't want to do another sequel, but then I was like, you know, they would just go ahead and get another director, but the problem is I don't think Joaquin Phoenix would come back if Todd... Yeah, so that's where they're in a pickle. Yeah, he, so it, he does not want to. It I, might as be far a case as I know, of, so... I, I, I think the same thing, but it might be a case of, I mean, they drop, you know, $100 million on your doorstep, you might reconsider, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, but that is kind of weird. Just... But that's but that's why it's so dumb to just have this one and done movie where obviously people have a, had a huge response to Joaquin's take on it. So it's like, why not just make him your new Joker instead of doing this weird standalone movie that now is like in a vacuum where you can't do anything with? I mean, one, granted, I, I like yeah. that a lot. Not having that's to true. do other movies. Two, because Joaquin Phoenix isn't going to do that, so you can't make Joaquin Phoenix your oh you're the Joker for the next five to ten years like. Yeah. You wouldn't have got him for the movie. That's true, but like not yeah, in a billion years. Yeah, it's kind of like just count, like count all your money that you made from this, and just walk away. Like this is a huge win. Like you don't yeah. need anything else. I agree. I agree. Um, 
So there's all that going on, but on a much better note, at least for oh. us, the first freaking picture of Kevin Conroy oh, from yes. Crisis on Infinite Earths came out. I have no idea what's going on in this picture, but he has a it's suit so on good. with some metal things over the top of it, but I don't armor. care because it's awesome. I know. It's just, it's so weird though. Cause my brain just can't like comprehend it. It's like, <laughs> I know he is Batman, like voice and brain, but like physically it's like, what? I don't know. It's going to be weird, but I, I, I think he has the perfect physicality for an old Batman. He's too skinny, though. He, he I, is, he's I, I still think that would. I still think you can make it work if he's in some sort. If he's like a, what I've seen rumors and stuff is he's you know like a broken Batman or whatever. Okay. If he's if this thing's like some exoskeleton suit because he's like so yeah. physically destroyed, which is totally b- believable, then okay. his body would be like small and withered yeah. more. So yeah, like I would like... totally buy it. Yeah, like I buy that, but like, yeah, trying to pass him off like without like some backstory of like illness or whatever, like him just physically as an older Bruce Wayne is like, no, he would look like he did in Dark Knight Returns. But I see what you're saying. Even without that, I don't even care. They could have been I, like, it, "This is the physicality Bruce Wayne." I'm like, I'm, I'm sold. I'm, it's I'm like, fine. It's like once he starts talking, it's like, oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah, but it's awesome. Uh, but a bunch more pictures came out. Freaking Tom Welling is Clark Kent again, and he looks freaking awesome. That looks great, man. Like, I'm looking at I'm like, dude, he looks like he could literally be Superman right now. Like, absolutely. He, he looks like a perfect, like, real Superman. Yeah. Like, absolutely perfect. I just want to see him in a suit. Come on. I know. they're. You know they're not going to do it. But why not, though? Like, You just how... know they're not going to do it. Look, why? if they didn't do it in the freaking show at the end... But that's what I'm saying. Then they're not going to do it. Like, I think, what's the whole, what's the I whole think point out of a stupid, I think a stupid out of a stupid respect for the show or some crap oh, like that. So like, I just dumb. don't think they're, I just think they're not going to do it. That's the biggest like troll is like we're having really all this is, is a fan service event. I like, know. And, and to, to do the ultimate troll of we'll bring Tom Welling back. You know, we have freaking Kevin Conroy as Batman finally after 30 years. But no, Tom Welling, no, he has to stay Clark Kent. Like, literally every other Superman actor will be in suit, but he'll just be in regular clothes. It's like, Look, no. I hope so. I really hope so. But I just have a weird, annoying feeling right. that they're not going to do it. I, you, I wouldn't be surprised. Ugh. But uh, more Brandon Routh photos, which we've seen before, but again, looks awesome. So there's oh, no, and, no and, surprises there. Yeah. And speaking of Superman, there's some news. Well, not really news, I guess, but... Yeah. I, the uh, freaking Henry Cavill did an interview, I think, for Men's Health, and you yeah. know, of course, they asked him about Superman, and he claims that he's still on board. And yeah, yeah, I mean, which I believe it, but it's like I doubt they have any movie planned, right? Which is a shame because he had yeah. finally gotten to being Superman at the end of Terrible Justice League. So and you can and you can tell he really does love it. It's not like Ben Affleck who's like. Ugh, I want to be Batman, but I don't want to put in all the work. Like to me, I me. think even in this interview, he knows he wasn't playing Superman for, oh, for all those other movies, and because that's what I'm that's getting from this is him saying, yeah. like, you know, I this was at. He was basically saying I had finally gotten to the point where I was the character, and Absolutely. you know, because that's what he, he said. Uh, let's see. Here's the quote. Here he said, "I've not given up the role." There's a lot I have to give for Superman yet, a lot of storytelling to do, a lot of real true depths to the honesty of the character I want to get into. 
I want to reflect the comic books. That's important to me. There's a lot of justice to be done for Superman. The status is you'll see. Now, all of this means like he says, I want to reflect the comic books, meaning he hasn't yeah. yet. And exactly. there's a lot of justice to be done for Superman because we haven't even had Superman in any of those movies. Well, well here's a question. You know, of course, all the other actors have come out in the whole support of release oh, the Snyder gosh, Cut. Yes, I forgot about it. I tried to put he? that out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. Has Henry Cavill, though? Because I don't think he has. Uh, that would be the real question. I don't if he think has he's on it. social media. Well, I don't he, I don't think he is either. But even then, like, like again, like Gal Gadot, freaking Ben Affleck have come out. I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't because he knows. they did it all on that, social media, and he's right. not on there. So, but, he, but he's constantly in front of cameras and stuff. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't said that because, yeah, he thinks, no, Zack Snyder, the two films I did with him, I wasn't Superman. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'd, I'd be, again, I'd be who knows if that's right or not? That's just me yeah. reading into this. That's me no, reading like, into what I want to believe. <laughs> no, dude, the wording totally, he, is, he, he totally hit the nail on the head. He is definitely hinting that, no, I'd like to finally do the character right. Because, I mean, he, like he had me. to have seen the backlash from Man of Steel and BVS. He knows. He's yeah. not stupid. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And again, we all agree that he's great cast for Perfect. Superman. Yeah. Like he you know that was that's the one positive of that terrible Justice League movie is at the very end when he comes back we get a few shots of him actually being Superman which are, I mean, which are great. Terrible, yeah. And so um anyway, uh I don't think there's any more like DC news really. Um, that's but there's a lot of Star Wars news. Oh boy, is there. <laughs> now, okay. One, let's start off positive. The Mandalorian uh, is out, and it oh, yeah. is a lot of fun so far. It's, it's so hard not to watch it. I like it a lot. Wait, you haven't watched it yet? No. Oh. oh, come on. I know. I'm, I'm trying to hold out. Like, come on. The very... I know. I probably, I probably will like uh, Thanksgiving weekend. I'll give in. Now, the first episode was great. It was awesome. Like just the feel, it feels like the original trilogy. Like the everything about it, the look of everything, the big okay. The, I, this this is not quite true. I was gonna say my biggest pet peeve with the Disney Star Wars films. That's not true. There's way more things that I'm more mad out. But one of the things that bugged me from the start, very few things bugged me with Force Awakens came out. But one thing was there was not a single alien that yeah. we had seen in any other Star Wars movie. Not one, other than the main characters or whatever. Yeah. Not a single creature, not anything. Even in the prequels, you had a bunch of the same species oh, yeah. of aliens because it's the same galaxy. Yeah. There was not a single one in, yeah. in any of these Star Wars movies, these Disney ones. But in Mandalorian, there's a ton of them. I mean, even from the trailer, I can tell. There's a ton of them. They got, I mean, again, I, as much as I love Star Wars, I don't know the names of all the species, but. No, of course not. Yeah. Of like. But there's the species of the – yeah, I can't even, like, try and explain it because I don't know the names of them. But anyway, yeah. there, there's a bunch of them from, from the other Star Wars movies. And I'm just looking. I'm like, this feels like Star Wars yeah, already a million more times. I mean, that's the biggest problem with the uh, – one of the biggest problems with the sequel movies is that, like, it, it makes the universe feel so small because mm -hmm. everyone's related. It's the same story beat, same character dynamics. And then, yeah, if there are aliens, they're just in the background. They're never, like – you don't get to explore anything. It's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I really, just, just, just the feel already feels 
more like the other ones. Uh, and then you just have great people in it. I mean, uh, Pablo Pascal is awesome as Pedro the Mandalorian Pascal. or whatever. Yeah, yeah him. He's he, great. He's great. Uh, Carl Weathers is freaking in it, which is awesome. Yeah, come on, yeah. Uh, uh, Warner Herzog yeah. is on it, who's a freaking beast. Um, so- and Nick Nolte is the voice of one of the the creatures. Like it's it, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bill Burr is in it. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of these characters that we haven't seen yet from just the first right. two episodes. But um, the second episode. Not quite as good as the first episode, and it was way shorter. Like yeah, the first episode was like care. it was like fifty minutes, and the second one was like twenty eight, like including the two minute recap, and like so that was kind of weird. So that that I'm kind of yeah. concerned now. Like there's only six more episodes, and one of them is that short. It's like that's kind of strange. Yeah, it's like why is it not a full hour? You don't have commercial breaks. Yeah, it almost it honestly felt like the first and second episode should have been one episode. Like the yeah. second episode was literally just huh. kind of continuing the stuff from the first episode and not adding anything really. So it was kind of, weird. it was weird. It was like, this just feels yeah. like it should have all been the first episode, but yeah. you know, anyway, uh, I like it a lot. Obviously I love John Favreau, so I'll oh, give yeah. anything he does a shot. Um, and so far I've enjoyed it. Now we'll see. Disney yeah. very easily could Disney it and ruin it at some point, but I'm 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 oh, I'm very positive or I'm very hopeful that that isn't going to happen, and I've enjoyed yeah. it so far. So that's that's a I big mean, positive for Star Wars. I mean, there there was a great interview with like uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni when they were like um, doing like the press junket for the Mandalorian, and literally John Favreau just like came out and said that he's like, no, Star Wars fans need to be respected. It's like that's that's all I need to hear. It's like you have my. You mm-hmm. have my like support right then and there. It's like, is that so hard? Right. I know. I know. How controversial. <laughs> so that was uh that was a lot of fun. Um anyway, so I, I've enjoyed but, that. Now, but with I, the movie coming out, this is gonna be even more fun. I have had such dude. a great time, Ian. You have no idea. I haven't had this much fun uh like with a build up to a movie. I don't know if ever, maybe since The Force Awakens, but for very different reasons. But yeah. I have enjoyed – I'm going to be so disappointed when this movie finally comes out and there's no more uh, terrible rumors and all this other stuff to just watch but, every day. I but, am having a ball watching all these things. I but something to consider, it. even though it will be sad when the movie comes out and all the rumors end, then we can look forward to the NDAs inspiring and all the actors spilling <laughs> the beans about how crazy everything was. That's what I look forward to. This is when, like, you know, yeah, John Boyega yeah. and, like, uh, Oscar Isaac are done. And then, like, you know, they're doing another movie and someone asks them, what really happened on Rise of Skywalker? And they're like, oh, my God, dude, we were still filming four weeks before the movie came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. I know John Boyega already yep. was not happy with the yep. his role in The Last Jedi. Which, like, of course, he was the most interesting character coming out of the first movie. He should movie. have been the main character. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. Like, I, I totally but, agree. Um, He's the only character who's had, other than Kylo Ren, who's had any sort of development at all. And granted, all the development happened in the first movie, but right, still, right. It's like, there was zero in the second one. But which was he's at least like the newest type of character. The whole humanizing the stormtroopers, like we haven't seen that before. We've seen the lonely orphan become a Jedi Knight. We've seen the cocky pilot. It's like no, you have something new, but and they they just went nowhere with it. So I don't blame him for being upset. Yeah, and I know he was, you know. 
I know I know lobbying lobbying for more screen time in the Rise of Skywalker. So we'll see right. what happens uh, with that. But well, we got to talk about we got to talk about the big news that just came out like this week about it. Uh, um, I, to be honest, I don't even know what you're talking about. There's like 90 different things that have come out well, this the, week. To me, the the biggest news is that not only has J.J. Abrams confirmed, but apparently Kathleen Kennedy has confirmed they are still working on the movie, and oh, it yeah, comes out in 30 days. Well, they they were still shooting like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that, they, that's yeah, that's crazy. How are like? There's no way they can make the freaking release date. I like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, dude, know, is, the movie, is the movie going to come out and the special effects, like, aren't done? Like, that'd be so good. <laughs> no, the funniest thing was what you tweeted the other day when you are oh, like, yeah. this is going to make history being the first movie live-streamed in the theaters <laughs> on opening opening night, immediately well, well, you, just thinking of Spaceballs. Yeah, you, that's the perfect response. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> just, I'm like, oh my god, it's, it's literally Spaceballs. It's Spaceballs, which is a satire of, of Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, that's that's now, the upside-down world we live in. If any of you guys don't get the reference, it's the part in Spaceballs when Dark Helmet is like, I need to know what's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, his, like, first, his, like, lieutenant or whatever goes to the merch shelf and pulls <laughs> out Spaceballs the movie on video and puts it in. And <laughs> it starts from the beginning. He's like, no, we've already seen all this. Well, pass this. It skips. It fast-forwards to literally the part you're watching and it's just like a mirror image <laughs> on the screen and he's like what are we watching when did this when now. does this happen he's like this, this is, now, is now. now sir this is happening right now it's like well what happened to th- what happened to then we missed we it. Passed it where is it i don't know it's gone <laughs> uh that is just one of the greatest scenes in movie history yeah, that's exactly what's happening i'm like i know i mean really this is worse than justice league and solo like this is a whole new level of maybe the worst production of a film of all time. Yeah. Like, or like freaking uh, Apocalypse Now, like, it doesn't even come close. I mean, <laughs> they're still trying to put the movie together with four weeks to go. And it's not even, like, some indie Woody Allen movie where, like, right. you can film it in a weekend. This is a multi-million dollar giant blockbuster. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's great. Um it, 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 just all the rumors about the test screenings and the footage that we've seen and stuff is just, oh, it's great. It is so, yeah. dude, I am so excited. I'm going to have more fun in this movie than I had at Batman vs. Superman. I, I already I already think so, and I cannot wait. See, I'm, I'm, I'm glad, because I'm surprised that you're not, like, you know, heartbroken about how... I'm not heartbroken, Ian. The Last Jedi broke everything. There's nothing, yeah. there, there's nothing to be dis... That's the thing. Last Jedi was maddening because of the sure. expectations yeah. that were still coming into it. There's sure. none with this one. There never oh. were. So it does yeah. not matter. I'm, I'm, I'm just ready for this to just be the most fun, terrible movie-going experience that it can possibly be. See, like, because people are talking, like, it's not going to outright flop. No, I mean, because everyone's still going to go see it at least once. Yeah, well, opening weekend is going to make a lot. It's going to oh, make yeah. like 150, 200 million. But I think if if any of these rumors are true, and there's so many that some of them are bound to be, because there's literally like a version of every. Yeah, character. some of these have to be true. Yeah, they absolutely are, and because there's some stuff they had to have already like be done on. But right. um, I th- I think you're going to see a giant drop off, and it, it's going to be like there's. I don't think it's going to make a billion. Like uh, I don't yeah. don't. And at this point, that's pretty much the production cost. Yeah. 
which it, it, I think is exactly. one of the reasons, and and I think that's one of two reasons why you've seen no marketing about it. One, Absolutely. because it's still filming, so there's nothing to market, and <laughs> two, market. they can't afford it. Yep, they, they they're trying to cut their costs because this movie is already like five hundred million dollar production budget. That's before so, the like three hundred million dollar reshoots. Yeah, because like um, last, I, I swear, I, I bet you they 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 spent close to a billion dollars just to shoot and make this movie. Absolutely, I I wouldn't put it past them. They've probably already spent all the freaking profit they made from Endgame. It's like crap. They might have. <laughs> they might have. They might have. Um, because yeah, Dumbo also bombed, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like because last. Well, Jedi, they got that other billion from Lion King though. In Atlanta, I know, but um, uh, yeah, it's like the Last Jedi made seven hundred million dollars less than Force Awakens. And if this makes another seven hundred million dollars less, which would kind of be on par, they'll put it like right at like eight hundred million. And I think that's pretty much hopeful, like where Man, it will realistically that would be, be unbelievable. Because that'd be like the same trajectory in terms of like fans, yeah, just being put off. Yeah, it, I don't know. I I feel like I'd still put it higher than that. I think it'll still probably get right up to that billion dollar mark. It, it because depends. think about it, Batman vs Superman was like this, and it still made over eight hundred million dollars. And I think this will make more than that because there's more Star Wars fans than there are of Batman vs Superman. But I if, think if if there's a scene where freaking the Millennium Falcon, Chewie, Lando, and C three PO all blow up, then it won't. Like you know what I'm talking about? Like like if you have crap like that. <laughs> oh man, that was my favorite part. Was listening but, to that that experience of uh yeah Doomcox people leaving the theater and then then just be like no 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 please it's almost over. Was that I mean, no that wasn't that wasn't Doomcox was it? That was a different one. No, it was Doomcox. I thought it was a different one. Maybe it was. I don't it's, remember. But anyway, yeah. that was my favorite. That was my favorite one about yeah. all of that. That was. Oh, that's to, great. To, to even think of that as a possibility of putting that in your movie, it's like no, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we'll see. Uh, again, uh, we we could literally talk for an hour and a half about it's so much fun. about this movie, but everyone else is, and we have other things that we have to get to. Yeah. yeah. Un- unfortunately, so we got we got to move on. Um. All right. Real quick, let's just talk about some movies that we've watched. I already mentioned a little bit. I, I did watch uh, Twelve Angry Men the other day. For the first time, that was outstanding, outstanding movie. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. I hate bottle episodes, just like Abed and Community. I hate movies that take place in one spot for the most part. But this was just outstanding. It's just one of those movies. It's just perfect. The script is just perfect. And this is what you can do when the script's perfect. Um, It's basically a stage play type made into a movie. And I think the director, I think this was a first i don't know if it's a first time director but i know it's a guy what's the dude's name um okay sidley sydney lumet whatever i know he was a theater director and and you definitely get that from watching this movie but it's it's just without just talking about forever it's it was outstanding um some other movies and i've seen a lot of movies in the theaters recently uh, I saw Midway. That was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. It was, you know, it it was fine. Um, it had enough good like actors in it that I enjoyed it. Um, and then what's his name? The dude who was Ajax from Deadpool is the main. Oh yeah, Ed Screen. The main yeah. guy, yeah, and he's he's really right. good. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. It was it is what it is. Uh, Doctor Sleep I liked a lot. I thought that was really well done. It's a shame that that thing's bombing. But uh, yeah, I, th- is I it? think it's it is bombing. It's made like less than fifty million dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, it's bad timing. 
Yeah, I think so. But it, I it, I thought it was really good. I mean, I, yeah. obviously The Shining's a classic, and I thought this did it justice, and it it, it did a good job of bringing that type of thing into to you know this modern day with the way movies are made adding a little you know it's quicker pace a little bit more action stuff more you know more gore just a little bit more of that stuff and but not like too much to where it relies on all that and then Ewan McGregor is just awesome and the girl I don't remember her name but whoever the girl was she was really good too and then uh what's her name the girl from Mission Impossible uh yeah. Is that her name? Yeah, she was really yeah. good too. Like I didn't like her yeah, all like that her. much in the Mission Impossible movies. I thought she was fine. Oh, really? I mean, I don't. I mean, I I don't think she's bad. I think she was fine in those movies. But I thought she was great like in this movie. Yeah, I like her a lot. Um, I saw Lo- I watched Lone Wolf McQuaid, classic Chuck Norris movie. That was fun. Uh, and then I saw Ford vs Ferrari twice yeah. in a twenty-hour stretch. Wow. And yeah, because I saw it on opening night. And then I went back the next morning because my parents wanted to go see it. Nice. It was fantastic. I saw it in the Dolby Theater the first time, and it was awesome. It was yeah, I'm awesome. I'm seeing that I mean, this weekend. You could feel everything Ooh. just with the cars and, and all that in that theater. That movie was outstanding. That That's one of my top probably five movies so far of this year. Oh, yeah. It yeah, was, I've definitely seen that this weekend. It lived up to all the hype and then some of James uh, Man, Goldman. Yeah, the dude's great. And I mean, just freaking Matt Damon and Christian Bale are just outstanding, and every other piece in this movie is outstanding. So, Sweet. yeah, it was awesome. It's the best racing experience I've ever seen in a movie by far, oh. like by far. Nice. So that was awesome. I don't want to talk more about because you haven't seen it yet. I know. Uh, um, and then just yesterday, I went to go see Jojo Rabbit in the theater. There was a bunch of movies, and I'd seen most of them already or didn't want to. And so I was like, I remember. I mean, this movie it was in, seemed interesting enough to me, and yeah. I heard good things about it. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. Ian, this movie was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Not that I thought okay. it was going to be bad, but this right. movie was outstanding. It was awesome. This is by far the funniest movie I have seen in 2019. I mean, there's not a whole lot of competition, but still. Yeah, to be yeah, there hasn't been a ton of great comedies that have come out this year, but this movie is the funny. I mean, it, you couldn't go five minutes without laughing out loud. Okay. With just I mean, I, something, it was. I love Taika Waititi. He is the funniest part of the movie. Oh yeah. Being Hitler, like just a facial expression, just everything about it, just, just so funny. Uh, and I just, I didn't expect it. To, I just didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And so is it is it kind of like a Monty Python type of vibe maybe? Yeah, yeah, but it, it made me think of something else, like it's another like satire. But I couldn't, I can't think of like it's not coming to mind. But yeah, but yeah, yeah, like a like a Monty Python, um, Mel Brooks type, okay, yeah, type thing. But it's just done so well, and everyone is so good in it. The kid, uh, Roman Griffin Davis, is awesome as jojo <laughs> so good uh the main girl it's like t- uh, thomason mckenzie oh yeah she's she's great um as the 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 jew that they're hiding um then obviously takiti with uh or Takat, Taika yeah Taika. i can never remember how to pronounce the name yeah he's yeah. amazing scarlett johansson is great sam rockwell is always is awesome oh, yeah. i forgot he's in it 
I can't stand Rebel Wilson, but oh, even she's not bad in this movie because it fits. This this is the perfect movie for her type of act, like comedy to be wow. in for sure. So even she was fine, and Stephen Merchant makes Stephen an appearance. Merchant, yeah. Like it is, it was great. That's that's okay. all I can, can say about it. It was it was great, and, I I, to and see it's it, hilarious. Yeah. So uh, big movie, and then the other one that I saw was the one that we had to watch that I had to watch for uh, movie swaps. That's what I've seen. Nice. Yeah, you've seen a crap ton. Yeah, I have. I made up for the past two weeks. I'm kidding. Yeah, I I, I like haven't seen anything like uh, other than like since last movie swap. I think the only movie I've seen is Doubt with um, Meryl Streep and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Amy Adams about the whole priest, you know, molestation accusation. Kind of like Blind Spot, but uh, again, based on a true story, I think set in the 60s and phenomenal acting. Meryl Streep is incredible. Philip Seymour Hoffman is incredible. Amy Adams is great, but the movie itself is fine. Just like, you know, yeah. minimal story, kind of ambiguous ending. But um, they're they're great. But yeah, it's like I like I like Spotlight a lot better. But yeah, like that's it. That's all I've seen. <laughs> oh well, that's fine. It makes it quicker. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll get into movie swap. But Ian, one thing I want to do because you know oh. we're getting to the end of the decade here, so oh, everyone's God. doing like top movies of the decade and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Well, this is the way I wanted to do it, and I already made a list with this. Okay. Instead of doing now, we could do top ten films of the decade. We could do like top underrated films of the decade. There, okay. There's there's many things we could do, and we might do some of those. But one thing I was thinking that would be cool: pick one movie for each year that is our favorite of each oh, year okay. of the decade. So like 2010 yeah. through 2019. I did this the other day, I know. and holy crap, was it impossible? Yeah, I have some issues because some years it's like, oh man, I guess this is my favorite, and then yep. some years it's like, okay. Four of these are my favorite movie ever. Yeah. How in the world do I do this? So uh, I, I thought maybe for uh, next week, if you wanted to make your make top ten movies, uh, favorite film for each year, not top okay. ten, but favorite film for each year of the 2010s. Yeah, that, that's way better because I'm like, I'm, I don't even know if I'm going to have ten for this year. It's like, you know, because usually right. you do a top ten every year, but it's like a lot of years it's like I, I get maybe like eight or nine and I'm pushing it. Like, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think this is way better, especially with it being almost 2020, which is crazy to think about, but still it is. But so, yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right. So we'll do that next week. Um, all right. Now getting into movie swap, I watched rush, which fit great because Ford versus Ferrari oh, yeah. just came out. And then Ian watched, uh, the fighter. This is my younger brother. You gotta help me finish this. Taught him everything he knows. You don't want to see where this fight is headed. Oh. Over. Who still is training? We have a fight next week. And after I win, I'm gonna start making good money so you can live me more days, okay? Good luck, Daddy. Don't hold your breath, Casey. Bye, baby. You pave streets, right? Yeah, I do. And I'm a fighter. I heard you were a stepping stone. Oh, I mean, I had a few tough fights, but the next fight's going to show who I am. Yeah, and he's going to lose that one, too. So move that sugar ass and give it Don't disrespect her. Mickey Ward is 31 years old. He's here because he needs the money. Look at the size of that guy. He's got 20 pounds on me, Dickie. You don't fight, nobody gets paid. Shelly, I'm done fighting. I don't need it anymore. It's sad that you let them take it away from you. I was embarrassed. 
I told everybody I was going to win that fight and get back on track. I'm sick of being a disappointment. Look, Mick, nobody's got heart like you. You're a very talented fighter. I want to give you a real shot. Make one last run at this thing before it's too late. What about my brother? He's taught me everything I know. I can't do it without him. With all due respect, he's too much trouble. Jackie, get on the ground right now! He's a fighter! Break his hand! Mick, I was doing it for you. You did right? it for me? Remember, what, yes? Yeah. Do me a I'll favor, don't give nothing for me uh, no more, okay? You ready for a title shot? Not a stepping stone anymore. He's using you. You can't beat me. You had a hard enough time being you, and that's why you're in here. We're gonna train, they gotta go. Why am I the problem? I'm his blood, I'm his family. You're crazy. I'm the one fighting. Not you, not you, and not you. This is my shot at the title. I won't get another one after this. Mickey has a chance to do something that I never did, and he needs me. Okay, I'll see you in Mickey's corner. This is your time. I had only come in my blue. You don't have to. Young Mickey Y. Young Mickey Y. So, Ian, what did you think of uh, The Fighter? Well, uh, I'm sure you saw my review on Letterboxd. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, I, I mentioned my review. I, I don't have it up there with like Warrior and Creed like I was hoping to. And really the biggest reason is because I just don't like David O. Russell. Uh, he's made some good movies. Uh, I didn't mind Three Kings. I liked uh, Silver Lion's Playbook from what I saw. Um, but I just don't like him as a director. I hate him as a human being. Apparently he's the biggest jerk there is. Like George Clooney won't ever work with him again. But um, now it's like, I just, I don't like his style. And um, I think that's really what takes away from this movie. Cause freaking Christian Bale is phenomenal. Granted, he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Dude, this has to be like his best character performance. <sighs> I mean, that's so tough. Cause the guy's a freaking chameleon, but yeah, I mean, I mean, him winning the Oscar for this film is like, okay, he could have won for a number of different movies, but I can't be upset that he won it for this one. Because, yeah. I mean, he's he's so good. Like, American Psycho, Vice, um, Batman, obviously. I mean, you just, you name it. Hostiles recently. I yep. mean, oh, the, dude, the prestige. The dude is but, a but freaking... But as a, like, as far as his, like, character performances, though, I, oh, yeah. I just think this is this is the best one. This one, and maybe Ford vs. Ferrari is up there. But oh, yeah. as far as playing that. a real person, oh god, yeah, which I mean, is so much harder. Yeah, because he's a Welshman playing, and like his Boston accent is like better than Mark Wahlberg's. It's like, my god, like how do you even do that? But then, and like, Mark Wahlberg has a Boston accent. I know, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. And like, dude, the, the scene where he's in prison, and you know, they they show the documentary, and like at the beginning of the movie, he thinks it's a documentary about you know his comeback, mm-hmm. and the part where they're like, no, it's about crack addiction. It's like, oh god. But then he's in prison and they, and they start playing it and like everything just kind of sinks in for him. And you just see like his expression go from like, oh, he's all, you know, excited because he's the star of the movie. You know, he's being all cocky. And then like as it really shows like how like miserable his and like pathetic his life is, like he yeah. just gets like, oh, my God, like like that part hit me the most, obviously. But no, it's like. Um, you, you really can't take away from also Mark Wahlberg because he's great. Oh, he's, this, yeah, he's under he's he's um a little bit overshadowed by just how good Bale is, but Mark sure. Wahlberg is awesome in this movie, and, and, and like, he's really, playing a real like, person too. Yeah, and, and really, that's that's like my biggest complaint is that to me, like my favorite parts are 
Um, like anything with Mark Wahlberg and, and Amy Adams. One because Amy Adams is like one of the few like redeemable characters in this movie where she's like actually a good person and like you know mark Wahlberg is like just getting used by his family like you know he has to fight the guy who's 20 pounds heavier than him and gets his ass kicked and you know like his reputation hurt just because they want to get paid Mm -hmm. and like amy adams like no your family's not looking out for you and so it's like she was great so it's like any scene with like him and her talking about his boxing or focusing on his boxing like this is great but then they would just go back to the stupid mom who i couldn't stand and and the sisters i'm like oh god and like the scene like where all the sisters and mom go over to Amy Adams house and they, they fight her. Like to me, that was just like, I'm like, all right, we're, we're just kind of like, get back to the, the story, get back to the movie. Like yeah. it just reminded me of the, the scene in American hustle with the freaking microwave and Jennifer Lawrence. And it was like, <laughs> goes on for, I'm like, I get it. It's funny, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, like you have a great story here. So yeah. So when it focused on the boxing, it was really good. Um, and again, I'm, I'm glad it had a happy ending. I'm a sucker for a happy ending. Cause I feel like, this totally, I mean, granted, it is based on a true story, but I right. feel like it totally could have been Oscar bait where, you know, freaking Christian Bale overdoses or goes back to prison and it's just this really dour, you know, like overly dramatic Oscar bait movie. But no, I had a really like great redeeming ending and like just a great story. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. David O. Russell has a, ten, has a uh, tendency to uh, create and just draw out the most melodrama they possibly can. Yeah. To me, like David O. Russell, like wants to be freaking Paul Thomas Anderson. And it's like, you, you're just not quite good enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like some, some of his movies lend lends itself to that and more than others. Like silver Definitely. linings was perfect for it. He could do all yeah. the melodrama work he wanted and it worked in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. But in this movie, but that was the story of that movie. Sure. That's the subplot of this movie. And I so that, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Th- that those are definitely the weak parts of, of the movie. And I mean, for me, it's, it's not up there with Creed or warrior either. I mean, those Th- are those top are, tier though. Come on. Those are far above that, but this is definitely in the next tier Absolutely. of, uh, you know, of, uh, sports or underdog type movies or whatever. So for sure. But, uh, for sure. All right. So yeah, <laughs> this movie has a 3.7 on letterboxd. It's got a 7.8 on IMDb, and it has an eight, 91% uh, critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 89% sure. audience score oh, on uh, oh, oh. Rotten Tomatoes. So all well earned. Yeah. All positives for this movie, and and definitely uh, de- definitely worthy of it for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely worth watching. All right. So moving on, I watched Rush. tell themselves death is something that happens to other people that's how you find the courage to get in the car in the first place but more powerful than fear itself signed by Ferrari. The showdown between you and Nikki is all anyone wants to see.
it, they make it safer. The risk of death turns people on. Which is a movie I'd been meaning to see now for a while. I remember when it came out, I had zero interest in this movie for whatever reason. And I remember it was just like in and out. Like it was not yeah. around for very long. Nope. So I remember seeing it and I was like, ah, okay. Doesn't really interest me. And then it was just gone. It was like, oh, okay. Then I forgot all about it. Um, yep. And then I think like maybe a year or so ago, I'd seen that people had talked about it. And then I'd, I'd forgotten that Ron Howard directed it too. I know, yeah. And then I was, I was like, oh man, I probably need to see that movie. And then you picked it to watch and that worked perfectly after uh, having watched Ford vs. Ferrari. Now, I kind of wish I had watched this before I watched Ford vs. Ferrari. I do too. Ferrari. I was like, damn it. Yeah. Because I saw that first and then I saw this and I was like, oh, well, it's not quite as good as Ford vs. Ferrari. Yeah, you kind of peaked. Yeah, I was like, damn it, Mark. <laughs> I know, I know. I did do it in the wrong order. Um, But this movie was, was a lot of fun. It, I, obviously... As far as racing goes, I believe it now. Again, I haven't heard experts talk about Ford versus Ferrari yet, but this was apparently just the gold standard as far as accurate racing portrayed in a movie. Um, hmm. Apparently, they had like a ton of actual Formula One coaches and stuff, like uh, as the um, advising, I guess, on the movie. Yeah. Like so, I know, like they, they um, like they 3D or um, CGI, like recreate a lot of the famous tracks like especially yeah. where you know, Nicky Lauda had his wreck I know they like they completely mapped the actual race track and like did all that stuff so yeah yeah so th this is about two basically a big rivalry between two Formula One drivers uh James yeah. Hunt and Real Nicky Lauda Chris yeah. Hemsworth playing the flamboyant and partying James Hunt and then yep. uh Daniel Brühl playing the very Methodical. serious straightforward and dickish Nicky Lauda well yeah. they're both dicks in different ways. In their own different ways, yeah. And and that that was one of the most enjoyable parts of the movie is how both of these are terrible people. I mean, they're, but they're they're terrible pe people on the surface in very different ways, yeah. but underneath they're actually not horrible as horrible people as they portray huh. themselves to be. So it it's this weird mirroring di differentiating effect where they're both they're basically the same person on two opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum but they're like they're, the same person yeah they're like they're egomaniacs or right. adrenaline junkies or like perfectionists and they're yeah. and they're they're the best yeah like but, well, you know james hunt is completely undisciplined and just partying where nikki lauda is like methodical was like a monk almost but like he alienates everyone around him yeah and uh that that comes into the biggest play right before the the super dangerous race where Nikki Lauda is trying to say that it's not worth racing on this. And then James Hunt's immediately like, oh, you just want to take this race out so it's easier for you to win the, the championship. And then everyone immediately sides with him because Hunt is the more likable guy. And he says that earlier in the movie about him being an asshole. And then he says it at the end of this when everyone votes with him. He's like, sometimes pays off to be liked. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, and then of course, Lada goes out and and wrecks and you know almost dies. Into life, yeah. And but that was awesome too. Just all those scenes of him watching Hunt win all these races, yeah. And being you know the inspiration for him to come back, and he comes back to race what like six weeks later or something. Yeah, it's something like still ridiculous. Healing. Yeah. So that was that was all just awesome. All the well, driving I, is awesome. I, I love the scene like right after where he comes back and like and James is actually like he feels guilty like he's actually rooting for 
mm-hmm. Nikki to come back. Like he hears Nikki's back and goes to visit him, and like uh, you know, like he sees he's still like completely burnt up. He, he feels awful, and like he's like, yeah, he's like, I, you know, he's like, it's my fault. I we shouldn't have gone out there. I love how Nikki's like, yeah, it was your fault. He's like, but he's like, I'm just here to race, and like you know, handles it like a like a true man. Like you know, he doesn't yeah. like linger on it and guilt him over it like yeah I, and then i love the scene later on where the one reporter is awful to make out yeah and james and james hunt's like yeah let me talk to you for a second and just like beats him up and it's like that's how you see like they're still you know deep down they're good people yeah the part still bugs me though because i that's just a pet peeve i have in movies they always make reporters seem like these ridiculous oh, sure. dicks and it's like that yeah. is not true it's not like, the way it is at all like the one from like die hard yeah or the one from uh moneyball who's talking oh, to yeah, david yeah. justice and is like i said you know uh, do you think you're ready to go you think you're 100 he's like yeah you know i feel good she's like no that's not what i asked are you 100 it's like nobody talks like that yeah no like i, I no, get that no reporters do that but they always put that in in movies which is which is which is funny but no yeah that part was awesome but uh yeah i mean two great performances Hemsworth's, uh, you know, he can play that character really well. It's basically Thor at the beginning. Yeah, pretty much. Um, British, yeah, British Thor. Which this was, you know, what, the same year that uh, Dark World. Thor, uh, Thor Dark World came out. And then yep. Daniel Brühl, who I haven't seen in a ton of stuff, obviously Civil War being his biggest thing. And I've never been a huge fan of him, but he's great in this movie. I mean, he's, he's really good. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, definitely my favorite thing I've seen him in. Um, and and then all the supporting characters are 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 uh, are all 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 good as well. Good so, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, and then obviously I I like Ron Howard's directing a lot, a lot of yeah, eyeballs, well, and yep. and and I just like his style. So altogether, a lot of fun. I enjoyed yeah. that movie quite a bit. Nice. This movie has a three point seven on Letterboxd, eight point one on IMDb. And it has an 88% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 88% audience rating. Yeah, it's sad on, it didn't uh, get any like recognition that year because that was a terrible year for movies. Yeah, I remember yeah, like this is literally my favorite of that year. It shows you how bad that year was. You know, I was telling you about yeah about picking our favorite film of each year. Yeah, and 2013. 2013 was that Sucks. was a rough one. That was a yeah. rough one. Iron Man three into darkness. Don't talk Man about of Steel. that movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, all right, now it's time for us to pick our next movies uh, that we want the other one to watch. So, uh, Ian, what do you uh, what do you got? Well, I'm going to go, I've done a lot of uh, recent movies lately, so I'm going to try and go a little bit back. Uh, oh, yeah, not good far. luck with that. Yeah, not far. Uh, we're going back to the 90s. Of course. And I'm going to uh, have you watch. <laughs> I'm going to have you watch a very good movie. Uh, this is Prime, uh, Michael Mann. Uh, this is like right before Heat, so this is a good old days. This is my second favorite film of his, and I'm gonna have you watch The Last of the Mohicans. Okay, yeah, yeah. this is this, uh, this one that's been on my list, and yeah, I did see that. It's basically like this is what I wish The Revenant had been, because like I rewatched Revenant a couple weeks ago, and it's like I always just skip the scenes where it's just Leonardo DiCaprio grunting alone, because like all the scenes <laughs> with all the other like crew member cast members and like the settings like are great but like i'm like focus more because i love the time period it's so cool i wish there were so many more movies about like the american frontier and like the revolutionary war um but this one is like really the cake uh freaking daniel day lewis is hawkeye is awesome uh you've got um madeline stowe um who's great like it's it's epic the fight scenes are amazing it's beautiful landscape there's not a single shot of cgi to be found 
is awesome. Great freaking soundtrack by the late James Horner. Rest in peace. It's it's a great movie. I, I think you're gonna like it. All right. Very nice. Um. Okay. So for this one, um, for this one, Ian, you're gonna get to uh, pick, pick again. Now, Uh-oh. do you want to do? 80s, 90s, or 2010s. You get to pick one of those three decades. Yeah, let's see. You look what you've had me do recently. Um, I want to say let's do let's do 90s. 90s. Why all not? right. You're gonna watch one of my favorite movies of all time. One of the funniest movies of all time. You're gonna watch Dumb and Dumber. Oh. How? Dude. In the hell have you not seen Dumb and Dumber? Dude, you know what? You're lucky. I was actually just about to watch that the other day because like someone had quoted it. I'm like, I know that quote. That quote's hilarious. And then I was like, you know what? I, I think I remember Mark having that on his list. I shouldn't watch it. So you, I'm glad you, you're picking it now. You, I, I still don't understand how I you know. haven't seen this movie. This is one of the all-time great comedies. It is one of the funniest movies ever made. And it's one of the most quotable movies ever made. It, and it's is. by far Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels' best movie. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. Now, it's very oh. different for Jeff Daniels, but that's what makes it even right. better. Exactly. Yeah. And there, there's so many parts in this movie that were just improvised by <laughs> by Jim Carrey. Oh, I'm, my I'm, gosh. It's I'm just so picturing funny. Jim Carrey with a stupid bowl cut and... <laughs> Gap in his teeth, and it's like, <laughs> well, that's a funny <laughs> thing. Is he, he had a chipped tooth that he had fixed when he was a oh. kid, and then he had it the cap taken off for this nice. role, which is uh, which is even better. Yeah, th- this perfect. movie is th- this is the peak of in pun intended dumb movies. Like, this yeah. is the peak of dumb comedies. It does not a... get better than this or stupider than this. And it's one of those a... movies where you're watching, you're like. This is dumb. Like, there's no way on paper any of this stuff really works. Oh, I don't care. With these two guys performing, it is so funny. Because like, it's a fairly, uh, fairly brothers, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were the peak of dumb, dumb comedy back in the '90s and yeah, early 2000s. But yeah, apparently, this, yeah, this is like their best one though. Yeah, th- this is this is the top for sure. Yeah, and um. Yeah, so somehow you haven't seen this movie, and you're definitely going to watch this. Uh, oh, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna, gonna laugh my ass one. off. I know I am. Yeah, this is you're, you're gonna you're gonna have fun with this one. So that's nice. what that's what you're gonna watch. So for this week, I'm going to watch Last of the Mohicans, and Ian is gonna watch the very similar Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, at least they're both in the '90s. <laughs> right. For this, yeah, they're only uh, like only a year apart, so it's fairly close. Yeah.